Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your buddy Paladino Joey? Well, it is episode number 10, so our first little milestone for Brave the Wild. Today is Saturday, the 31st of January, 2009, and uh, it's great to have you with me once again today. Thank you for downloading and listening to this show on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. Thank you and welcome aboard those of you who may be coming from the Minnesota Wild Podcast. A pleasure to have you with me as always and please tell a friend about this show. Spread the word as the ratings are continuing to grow. Continuing to grow, that is a good sign and I thank you out there that have helped make this show possible. Alright, speaking of making this show possible, thesportstuff.com made this show possible. And on the front page of thesportsstuff.com, there is a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. Very easy to see. That is how you can sign up. Simply click on that button, sign up, and join the message boards on thesportsstuff.com. Become a member of this website. It is 100% free and 100% fun. That is how you can interact with us podcasters. Vote on our polls in the podcast section or even in the sections of, you know, NHL, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, whatever. You get the idea, and uh, it'd be terrific to have you on board. And, hey, it'd be great to meet you on there. We could do some talking. And, uh, you know, I could read your posts on the air if you like. That would also be cool. All right. Now that I got that out of the way, not that I – and I enjoy talking about that, as always um, – Again, episode number 10 of Brave the Wild. Of course, we have some games to review, being that uh, it's been a couple weeks, but of course, the All-Star break last week, I would have only had to review one game, so I figure that would be a pretty short show, and the, you know, the, the news, all the news I'm going to talk about happened pretty much right after, you know, the All-Star game, so, or at least some of it, and some of it happened yesterday. And, uh, or at least after the Toronto Maple Leafs game, so I figure, well, <laughs> let's get it all on this show and not, uh, have a two second show last week. What would be the point? There was not, there was just one game to talk about and then the All-Star game. Oh, goody. How exciting, right? <laughs> so, 
is uh, I'm not a gigantic all-star game fan, especially in hockey. I mean, it's just, it's a firing squad, especially if you're the goalie, the poor goalie. <laughs> Nicholas Jackson was one of them. I mean, yeah, of course, it's an honor to be a goalie in the all-star game, but yeah, you're going to a firing squad. Kind of scary stuff. All right, I'll quit rambling. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to do some hockey reviews. We're going to get into some news about uh, some wild moves. A couple, tra- uh, there was one trade and a couple and, an, and another move as well. We'll get into that right after this announcement. Here on the SportsStuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Brave the Wild, which is, of course, Minnesota Wild. Podcast episode number 10, a reminder for iPod users, do check out Purple Mafia, outstanding show, Minnesota Vikings. The ratings are exploding on that show, and uh, wow, that is terrific. For those of you that haven't checked it out, please do. Energy field show. All right, on the sportsstuff.com and iTunes. All right, well, we have a couple games to review. A couple. Four, actually, in uh, <laughs> four in total. Game against the Chicago Blackhawks, L.A. Kings, Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Edmonton Oilers. And guess what, folks? 500. The Wild were 500. Again, the Wild will break the 500 record one way or the other tonight against the Vancouver Canucks in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I'm too optimistic about the Wild finishing with a winning record in January. <laughs> But maybe, maybe they'll pull a rabbit out of the hat like they did at Chicago on the 19th. And that is where we will start today. Minnesota Wild defeating the Chicago Blackhawks 4-1 to in Chicago, which was absolutely amazing. I mean, wow. This was, of course, as I said, January the 19th, Monday the 19th, the day after the previous episode, number 9. Nicholas Backstrom facing... 40 shots by the Chicago Blackhawks and stops, or er, facing 41 shots, stops 40 of them. Nikolai Hobby-Bullen, not quite the same situation for him, facing 22, 25 shots and stopping only 22, of course. Uh, overall, there was an empty netter at the late in the game. We'll get into that real quick, but uh, the Wild opened up 2 to nothing in the first period. Very exciting and very unexpected for Minnesota Wild fans, the way this team has been playing. A lot of people would have put an L next to this one on the on the calendar. But Miko Koivu, now the goal leader for the Minnesota Wild, not only the assist leader, but the goal leader, getting his 13th goal of the year, assisting by Nolan and Zidlicky. Marek Zidlicky continuing to be just a monster for this Minnesota Wild team. And, uh yeah, it's like they say you give up a little bit of defense but gain some offense with guys like Zidlicky and Bergeron. And I love these guys. Nolan always been a factor this year when healthy. He has had a wonderful year for this team. Kind of a resurgence on the offensive side of the puck, you could say. As in the past couple of years, he'd been more of a grinder, kind of a checking line guy, not really a scorer anymore like he once was back in the day with the San Jose Sharks. And even further back with the Quebec Nordiques. 
But yeah, that was about halfway through the first period. The Wild able to get a goal. But then Marek Zidlicki getting his seventh on the power play. Koivu and Nolan. So <laughs> those guys working together pretty darn good, getting the Wild up 2 to nothing. That was at a little under two minutes to go in the first period. So uh, very good stuff for the Wild. And then Zidlicki gets another goal. This was also on the power play. Koivu and Brunette assisting on this one. Just about six minutes into the second period, and boy, Wild fans are going, what's going on here? This is spectacular. The Wild are up three to nothing. It's just, you know. And then, of course, Nicholas Backstrom stopping shot after shot, especially in that second period. He had to stop 18 shots. So uh, Chicago doing everything they can to get back in the game, but Backstrom standing on his head like he has most of the season, just an absolute star, Nicholas Backstrom. Um Martin Havlat getting his 15th of the year. This was exactly 10 minutes, so exactly the halfway point of the game, literally. Andrew Ladd and Aaron Johnson chipping in on that goal. But that was it for the Blackhawks, and for the rest of the game until about, excuse me, until about 34 seconds to go, Cal Clutterbuck, when, of course, the Black the Blackhawks emptied their net, because they're down by two goals. There's still a small chance maybe they could pull off a miracle. But, as usual, it doesn't work out, and Cal Clutterbuck getting his 7th goal of the year, Assisted by Brunette, of course, as I said, on the empty net, putting the Wild up four to one, and uh, absolutely giving the Wild a thrilling road victory in Chicago. This was a big deal for Wild fans, as of course the Blackhawks, an arch rival of the North Stars back in the old days, always good to beat this team. Um, they were kind of the whipping boy of the league for a while there, but now they're back, as a lot of you know, and. Uh, <laughs> This was just a big, big win for the Wild. Unexpected. Cal Clutterbuck's offensive numbers continuing to grow. As not only is he a grinder and one, and, and the third best hitter in the entire NHL, he's third in hits in the whole league. And, of course, number one on the Wild and number one as of, of all rookies. You know, no, no surprise there. This guy is just something else. And, yeah, now he's starting to be a little factor on the offensive end. Not a star, but he's getting it done. Now, here you go, folks. Now, every time the Wild gets an unexpected victory and then we come and play the hapless Kings at home, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> yeah. This was just despicable, folks. Despicable. The Wild lose 5-2 to two at home against L.A. Of course, it was a back-to-back -back situation. I understand that, but 5-2? to two? What is the deal with that? Uh, Backstrom had to get pulled in this game, giving up four goals. And, of course, Harding, thankfully, when he took over, well, he didn't give up a goal, but still, on only 26 shots, he gives up four goals against the L.A. Kings. Hmm, not good. That was just awfully frustrating game. Kyle Calder getting an early goal about, you know, a little bit about the halfway point in the first period, assisted by Peter Harold. <laughs> Of course, that was his fifth of the year, as I mentioned. And then Owen Nolan getting his 11th goal of the year, equaling his number 11. And, uh, yeah, his offensive production continuing for this Minnesota Wild team. And two, two, some, you know, two signature guys continuing to show up in the box score. Koivu and Zidlicki assisting there. Those guys are in every single box score, every single night, the Wild play. It is beautiful. But then the Kings explode in the third period getting three goals. 
Kopitar, Dustin Brown, and Derek Armstrong all scoring. Dustin Brown with a 16th. He's having a pretty big year for those Kings. Zidlicky, what a surprise. Zidlicky, Burnett, and Koivu, again, factor on the only goal for the Wild, is those guys are just complete mainstays, as I mentioned about a thousand times. And I'm going to keep mentioning it, of course, on the power play again. I mean, Zidlicky is the ultimate power play defenseman this Wild team has ever seen. And uh, I'm thrilled to have this guy. Uh, Koivu, just always the ever-present, omnipresent player on this Minnesota Wild team, offensively and defensively, and uh, outstanding there. Late in the game, the Wild pull the goalie because it's a two-point game, as they say, and as usual, it doesn't work out well at all. And a guy by the name of Patrick O'Sullivan with the empty net is able to put it in with five seconds to go. That was his little, you know, middle finger to the Wild again, as he's going to continue to score on us, it seems like. He, get, he got his 10th goal of the year. Of course, Patrick O'Sullivan was a part of that Pavel Dimitri trade about, oh, two and a half years ago. The draft pick we got for Dwayne Rolison and Pavel, and uh, Patrick O'Sullivan to the Kings for Pavel Dimitra. Yeah, Patrick O'Sullivan, not exactly a superstar, but maybe he'll be, but he's a lot more productive for the Kings than Dimitra is for the Wild right now, isn't he? So... That's not good. Just a disgusting, frustrating game for the Wild. And, uh, you know, just a typical home loss to a uh, inferior team. Very, very, very frustrating. And then the ever-exciting All-Star break takes over for it lasts a week. So the Wild don't play again until Tuesday the 27th. A, qu- a quick note, as a lot of you know already, Backstrom was the lone Wild All-Star. Miko Koivu, not named to the All-Star team, which I do not understand at all. I'm just, I was pretty upset when I heard that. And, uh, yeah, that bugged me. I have—I don't understand what they were thinking when that happened. Um, Baxter, of course, as I also said, facing a firing squad, as that All-Star game was, what, 12 to 11, terrific. You know, what was, you know, it's, it's almost like, what's the point? It's like, why don't you just have a hologram in the net? I mean, the, the poor goalies probably, I mean, I can't imagine that, you know, Makes them feel good, giving up five, six goals or whatever, you know, in a short amount of time. But so be it. That's how it goes, I guess. Now let's get off the All-Star game because it's just one of those things. It's not it's not the most – it's not good hockey. 12, 12 to 11 is not good hockey. I'm sorry. Now the Wild go to Toronto. And, uh, man, excuse me, they don't go to Toronto. The Toronto Maple Leafs come here Tuesday the 27th. Earlier this week, the Wild went 6-1, to one, an explosion of Wild hockey. Mm-hmm. An absolute explosion. The Wild only shoot, but the crazy part is it really wasn't an explosion. Just the goals were. The Wild only put up 21 shots. They only got 21 shots. Podgy, I don't know, I kind of have a little tough time with his name, faced 21 shots and gave up six goals. And he didn't get pulled. That's the other interesting part. Of course, this team at one point a, uh, was the home of Johnny Pohl, the former Golden Gopher of the national champion 2002 Golden Gophers, as hockey fans here in Minnesota will remember. Just, man, that was beautiful. Now it's a home of Dominic Moore, former Minnesota Wild, uh, third or fourth center. He's doing an okay in Toronto. Actually, he's doing better than okay. 21 points in 49 games. It did a lot better in Toronto than he did with the Wild last year. With the Wild, three points in 30 games, very unproductive. But look at him in Toronto, having a 
nice resurgence to his career right now. The former, uh, excuse me, third-round pick of the New York Rangers in 2000, 2000, excuse me, at age 28 right now. But, man, 29 points. So he's definitely working in that Toronto system, despite the fact that Toronto Maple Leafs not having the greatest year ever. With uh, right now they're 18 and 23 at this point, so the Wild take advantage of that. Cal Clutterbuck getting his eighth goal of the year. James Shepard and Stefan Veu. So, hmm, pretty pretty good chance that was the checking line right there. Pretty healthy chance, or just a really lower line, I guess. But uh, yeah, pretty good year, pretty good uh, job by Clutterbuck getting that goal. You got it like that. That was the only goal in the first period. The second period was just a complete flurry. Toronto getting their lone goal. Jason Blake, a name also that people around here will remember uh, from the you know the WCHA, and uh, of course a Moorhead, Minnesota native. Already, man, is he? He's already 35 years old. I can't believe it. And that's how many points he has this year. But uh, I remember Gover fans not being a big fan of his. <laughs> But I'll get off that subject again. As then Mark Andre Bergeron, Pierre-Marc Bouchard, and Eric Belanger, the French Canadian line right there, you could call it, even though, well, Bergeron isn't a forward, but you get the idea. All French Canadians there, factoring in only exactly a minute after Jason Blake's 15 goal of the year, and then Pierre-Marc Bouchard scoring, getting his second point of the game. Belanger with his second point, Antti Mietnin, who disappeared for a little bit. Yeah, getting an assist there, and then Brunette, Koivu, Nolan. I mean, the Wild score goals at that point. They got three goals in about a three-minute span. Just beautiful, beautiful. It was only about 50 seconds later, Andrew Brunette scores after Bouchard. Not even that, 40 seconds. It was just boom, boom, boom. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, Bouchard getting his 10th goal of the year, his second goal of the game. Mietnin and John and Kim Janssen, excuse me, Johnson, Kim Janssen, Two quieter guys of, of late, picking up points there. Is just this? I just love these kind of games when it's a blowout, because then everybody gets to factor in, or at least a decent amount of players factor in, and can add some points to their season that they probably need, especially Janssen and Mietnin at that point. And then halfway through the third period, Owen Nolan again. Owen Nolan, just man, is he having a fine year? For the Minnesota Wild, Brunette and Zidlicky mainstays again, factoring in again. Of course, Brunette with a goal and an assist. Bouchard, though, with a player of the game, two goals and an assist. A guy who's had a pretty disappointing season in the main frame of things with only 27 points in 45 games. Last year he had 63 points in 81 games, so not quite on pace for that at this point in time. Maybe if he can continue to play some better hockey, we'll, we'll see what happens. Of course, back in the year, he was at single digits for a long time, was Pierre-Marc Bouchard. And that frustrated a lot of people, including fantasy owners like me, of Pierre-Marc Bouchard. Now, Padre, I'm going to look at him real quick. I mean, he's a pretty young guy, Toronto Maple Leafs, though, Justin Padre. It was only his second game of the his, uh, second game of the season, actually. He's just a rookie this year, believe it or not. So, I mean, I can kind of understand there. He had a good game in his other game, but not, not in this particular night. So one and one, goals against average of four. So there you go. You get the idea. He gave up only two goals in his other game and got the victory. So we'll see what happens for him. 
But uh, that's I guess that's why they kept him in the net to get some more experience to the third round pick in 04 by these Toronto Maple Leafs getting a shot now. So he's basically their Josh Harding. Josh Harding was a third round pick basically the year before. So there you go. Now we're going to get into our final game review. And, uh, of course, another loss. Another loss. This was this was three days later. Last night at Edmonton, the wild success against Edmonton was not a secret, at least, in, you know, was not much of a secret, but it came to an end. Zawain Rollison had struggled so badly against the Minnesota Wild. But then the Edmonton Oilers claimed second place over the Wild on this particular night, defeating them 3-1. to Dwayne Rollison finally stopping his former team. Unfortunately, ugh, just very unfortunate. And Nicholas Backstrom's incredible success against the Edmonton Oilers goes down the toilet. Again, pulled, pulled after giving up three goals fairly early. And, uh, yeah, this was about, yeah, only three minutes into the second period. He'd given up three goals already. And then Harding comes in and stops all the 17 shots he faces. Rollison stopping 29 of 30 shots. The Wild don't score until early in the third period. But first, uh, Tempsey, Morrow, and Viznowski, excuse me, all scoring for the Edmonton Oilers. The first period, two to nothing. Edmonton there at that point. And Vizoski early in the second period, and you just knew the Wild weren't going to win this game, the way things got going here. You just could feel it coming. Mark Puglia, boy, I just love seeing the name Puglia. <laughs> I'm not sure if there's any relation to Benoit Puglia. Don't really care at this point, because uh, I'm a little bit frustrated with um, Benoit Puglia. And it looks like Mark Puglia is not doing much either. He was a first-round pick in 2003. 22nd overall. He's got 33 career points in 124 games. So if there's a guy named Puglia in the draft who's uh, highly, you know, touted in the first round, don't pick him. There you go. <laughs> a little a little random advice for you out there, any of you uh, hockey GMs out there that might be listening. No, I doubt it. Um, and Fritsch, Fritsch, as I'll get into that very soon. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. But he makes his Minnesota Wild debut, and I'll tell you why he's on the Minnesota Wild. He's a former New York Ranger, and I'll tell you why after the break. But uh, James Shepard, oh, goody, getting his fourth goal of the year. He's got four goals, baby, four goals, James Shepard, 38 seconds into the third period. And it's like, hey, the Wild have life. No, they don't. They didn't do anything. Rollison shut us down at any opportunity we had, and that was all she wrote. And James Shepard, 12 points in 48 games. Not working. And I remember earlier in the year he made a comment that pissed off Jacques Lemaire saying, well, in probably a more offensive system, my scoring would be significantly higher. Not a good idea for James Shepard to say that, but I guess it didn't cost him playing time yet. Peter Olevke as well, a member of the Minnesota Wild, and that we'll get into as well. Of course, the third round pick, 78th overall in 2004, a Trenchin Slovakia native playing in his first game ever for the Minnesota Wild. We'll get into that as well, as I guess it's time to call that that break, and we'll get into Minnesota Wild news, as again, the Wild try to break 500 <laughs> in January tonight against the Vancouver Canucks, but we'll get into the Wild news as soon as this next announcement 
ends. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves Explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on the sportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Again, episode number 10, a reminder. For iPod users, do check out Timberwolves Explosion as that show's ratings have increased by 120% in the last couple of weeks, and that is very exciting. Keep that show moving in the right direction. I am very happy. Thank you out there, those of you that have caught on to that show. And uh, now we're going to get into some wild news here. All righty. This is a big blockbuster trade. Huge names being traded. Okay, maybe not. Eric Reitz traded. Eric Reitz, excuse me. Eric Reitz, remember the guy I always talk about, or talked about, especially on Paladino Live, but also on Brave the Wild at times. The sixth-round pick of the Minnesota Wild, who has stuck around since the original draft in 2000, 2000, excuse me, I keep always having to say 2000-something, in 2000, the very first draft, the only other member, I believe, on the Wild still, no, no, Nick Schultz, excuse me. Nick Schultz was also a part of that. My bad. He was the second-round pick. Um, so the third guy who stuck around finally made it to the Minnesota Wild this year. Didn't get to play too many games, unfortunately, for him. But, uh, well, now he's being traded to the New York Rangers, who needed some defenseman help. And then return the Wild acquire. Dan Fritsch, Dan Fritsch, oh goody, who saw little action with the New York Rangers. So here is the article right here. Michael Russo, Eric Reitz's gut started churning the moment he spotted communications manager Aaron Sickman walking his way on the Wilds' plane Thursday morning before it left Minnesota. I was just about to watch my fishing show on my little DVD player when Sicky came up to me and said, Eric, get your bag. Doug wants to talk to you in the lobby. And Reitz said, referring to Wild General Manager Doug Reiserow, I thought, uh-oh, that isn't normal. If I was Eric Reitz, I'd, I would have probably thought, oh, goody, back to the Houston Arrows, right? <laughs> no. Nope. And it says, no, it wasn't. Reitz, taken in the sixth round of the Wild's first NHL draft eight and a half years ago. Isn't that crazy? He was in the system that long. He was dealt in the New York Rangers for Dan Frisch in a swap of players in dire need of new beginnings. Of course, neither one of them getting playing time of late as Reitz, a defenseman, had been scratched in nine of the past ten games while Fritz, who will make his wild debut tonight, well, you know, he debuted last night against the Edmonton Oilers, has been scratched in every in every game but one since November 30th. So that's kind of tough. Hopefully Fritz is in game shape after being scratched that long. His comment, I've been hoping and waiting, no, praying for this day to come, said Fritz, who is 23. I don't think excited really even describes it. I can think of a million different things as to why I didn't play in New York. Coaches have their guys. It's been a long year for me up to this point. Fritz, a native of Cleveland, of the Cleveland suburb of Parma, Ohio, and drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets, 
in the second round of 03 has scored 67 points in 222 games, NHL games, excuse me. So this guy at least has had some NHL experience. Eric Reitz, overall, only 31 games, two points. So not really an offensive guy, a stay-at-home defenseman, kind of a poor man's Nick Schultz, if that makes sense, I guess. Um, not really getting much playing time of late, as you saw. Fritz, well, we'll see what he can he can offer this team. I mean, it's we'll just gonna, we're just gonna have to find out at this point. Fritz, as mentioned, yep, second round pick, 46th overall in 2003. Yep, 67 points in 223 games. Now he had 22 points at Columbus in 0708. That was last year. <laughs> Not the most productive guy of all time. Uh, he's more of a grinder, but he does have some speed, and maybe in this great offensive wild system, he'll deal it. Yeah, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop on that one. <laughs> um, I don't really, to be honest with you, I don't know what to make of this trade. To me right now, it looks like he's a second-round pick that mm, is okay. Good enough to make an NHL roster, but where do you go from there? Is he a, is he a Stefan Veyu? Is he, is he James Shepard? I don't know. That's about what it looks like right now. He is a center. That's the good part. He's going to wear number 34, Jim Dowd's number. So he'll pretty much be our fourth line center. That's about what he's going to be right now. That's kind of what I see him as is another James Shepard, a guy with some skill but lacking on the uh, on the on the production side of things. His best year was in 06-07 with Columbus in 59 games, did 12 goals and 15 assists, good for 27 points. Overall, to me, nothing really stands out with this guy. He did have five power play goals that year as well. And other than that, he only had one power play goal the next year and none since or before. So that's where things stand with Dan Fritsch. The other quick deal, well, remember Chris Kalanos, who uh, – now this, this this just tells you how bad Benoit Puglia was. Think about it. Benoit Puglia, who was sent down to the Houston Arrows and was all pissed off about it, and they uh, recalled Chris Kalanos, or Christopher Kalanos, however you want to pronounce it, a guy who had been a bust in the NHL but was fairly productive in Houston. He had 19, in 19 games, he had three point, six points for the Wild, three goals, three assists. But, yeah, was a first-round pick by the Coyotes, 19th overall in 2000. As that year keeps showing up for some reason, it's like we're going to have the whole draft from 2000 if this keeps up, huh? No. But, um yeah, now he was uh, put on waivers and sent down to the Houston Arrows because he was not claimed, so now he's a member of the Houston Arrows again, being that the call-up, send-down, and his age, I guess, factor into that, that when you try to send a guy down, he is put on waivers until he clears. So Chris Kalanos almost immediately sent down after being called up for Ben Wapulia to take Ben Wapulia's spot. And now it is Peter Olevki's opportunity. Peter Olevki. Chris Kalanos in Houston, remember, in 20 games had 23 points. It looks like he might be another one of those guys who's going to score in the minor leagues and be productive, but not do much in the NHL. Corey Locke, as you can see when I go to the Houston Arrows roster and, and scoring, has 49 points in 46 games, and there's a reason he's not in the NHL roster. He's just one of those guys who's going to get it done at the minor leagues, but not at the pro level. Peter Olevki, in 41, ga- in 41 games, had 23 points. 
six assists and 17, excuse yeah, six goals and 17 assists, the exact opposite of Chris Kalanos. So Kalanos was the goal scorer and not as many assists. So go figure. We're just going to have to see what happens at that. I'm going to also add Clayton Stoner continuing to produce. He's a defenseman I've been kind of eyeing, kind of how I did with uh, Eric Reeds for eons when I watched the Houston Arrows, uh, you know, how things pan out. I don't actually get to watch the games, but I kind of follow, but I follow the team, how the players are doing. Clayton Stoner with 17 points in 34 games, known primarily as a defensive defenseman, but he's producing a little bit. So maybe he's a guy to keep an eye on as things uh, continue. Maybe eventually a guy like Martin Stula will be out of here. That'd be probably wouldn't be a bad day for Minnesota Wild fans out there. Danny Ehrman, I will also mention again, 40 in 48 games, only nine points. So Danny Ehrman continuing to struggle. So there's your Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers, <laughs> Houston Arrows report from me, your host of Brave the Wild. And uh, I know these aren't exciting players right now, Chris Kalanos and Peter Olevki, but hey, you know, that's the moves, the lesser kind of moves the Wild make, and uh, that's what I get to report on. I don't get to talk about uh, Marian Hosa or Peter Forsberg or, or Matt Sundin coming to the Wild. I don't get to. Hey, don't blame me. Blame the Wild. Blame the Wild. <laughs> um, maybe we'll see what happens with Peter Olevki. He's been okay, but to this point, I haven't heard much good from Wild management. Training camp to training camp, they seem to not say the hottest things about him. So we're just going to have to wait and see on that. Lots of young guys on this team. And, of course, uh, uh, Doug Reisbrough talking about we're looking to get younger, as I saw that quote in that trade, uh, in, the, after, in the article about the trade, the Eric Reitz trade. So, oh, goody, we're just going to keep getting younger until we have all 19-year-olds on the roster, I guess. <laughs> and then we'll sign 38-year-old players, too, just, just because we're going young. <laughs> kind of weird. That's, but that's the way this team is headed right now. It's a big question mark. As we're just going to have to find out what's going to happen to this team. Hopefully, the Wild can make some type of uh, more significant trade in the coming weeks. We're just going to have to see. The trade deadline is in March. And, of course, Marion Gabrick, very unlikely to be dealt at that time. And then the biggest question of them all, what happens? What happens? So I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to leave you hungry for more, I guess. Hungry for more news from the Minnesota Wild, as I'm hungry for more news from the Wild. You can only imagine being the host of the show for the steam, <laughs> as much as I enjoy it. It's uh, it's it, it's tough because it's not as exciting talking about Chris Kalanos as it would be Matt Sundin, you know, or somebody like that, you know. So I'm just going to leave you with that, and we'll talk to you next week. Have yourself a good week and enjoy the quote-unquote heat wave in this town. It's in the 40s, so take care. We'll see you then.